Welcome back to Shnai Mikra, the OU podcast series on Parshat HaShavua. This is Menachem Liptag, and in today's show we continue our study of Parshat Korach with Hamishi, the fifth Aliyah. Tomorrow, for Shishi and for Shvi, the second half of Parshat Korach, that will be taught by Rabbi Weinreb. Our Aliyah begins in Perigud Zayin, Pasek Zayin, chapter 17, verse 16, as God wants to put an end once and for all to all these complaints of Bnei Israel, and this time especially in regard to the choosing of the tribe of Levi, and especially the Kohanim, to serve in the Beit HaMikdash, and their exclusive right to bring the Korbanot. Recall, that was one of the issues of contention, led by Korach and his 250 men, who claimed because everyone was Kadosh, everyone was at Har Sinai, why should there be difference between any of the tribes? There was a decision by God that only the tribe of Levi would serve in the Mikdash and only the Kohanim within the tribe of Levi would offer the Korbanot. The people claimed that this was nepotism, a decision made only by Moshe favoring his brother and his own tribe. God now has to show the people in a miraculous manner that this was not a decision by Moshe alone, but rather this was God's decision and Moshe was carrying out his instructions. To do so, God is going to instruct Moshe to conduct the test, which will clarify to everyone the choice of the tribe of Levi. So let's begin now with Pasuk Tetzayin in verse 16. Speak this following instruction. They should take for every tribe, from each of the princes of the tribes, for the twelve different tribes, each leader or each prince from the tribe should write his name on that staff. And for the tribe of Levi, the name that should be written on the staff of the tribe of Levi should be that of Aaron, because every tribe gets only one staff. Ramban points out that if Levi is included now in the twelve tribes, what will happen now to Ephraim and Menashe? Ramban explains that there are always twelve tribes no matter what. When Levi is out, then Ephraim and Menashe replace Yosef. But when Levi is back in, then we have Yosef that includes Ephraim and Menashe. But the rule of thumb is there are only 12 tribes and never more. Now let's see what they're going to do with these 12 staffs. Pasuket. Take these staffs and place them in the tent of meeting. In front of the Ark of the Testimony, the place where I meet Bnei Yisrael. This phrase that explains the Kodesh HaKodeshim as a site where God will meet Bnei Israel and continue to speak to Moshe Rabbeinu from the Kruvim all the commandments that he's given Bnei Israel. We saw this idea when the Mishkan was built back in Parshat Truma in Perach Hafei, Pasach Aleph Chavet. This is important here because the main point that this test is showing that this is a decision of God. Am Yisrael believes in God and they believe that the Torah and the laws were given by God to Moshe Rabbeinu. What they are questioning now is simply the decision to appoint the tribe of Levi to serve in the Mikdash instead of the firstborn. The placement of these rods at the same site where God will speak to Moshe Rabbeinu and command the laws is significant because Amisar on the desert believe in God and they believe that the Torah was given by God by way of Moshe and they're willing to follow his laws. It's only the specific decision to appoint the tribe of Levi, and more specifically, the family of Aaron to serve as Kohanim, then is what bothers the people, especially because the commandment to sanctify the firstborn, that was something they heard directly. When they came out of Egypt, God told them right away, Kadesh Likol Bechor, sanctify every firstborn. Now that there has been a change in that decision, 
and were switching the firstborn with the tribe of Levi, the people feared that this was simply nepotism by Moshe Rabbeinu, favoring his own tribe and his own brother's family, and not a decision by God. The purpose of this test is to put an end to these complaints and show the people that that decision was not made by Moshe personally, but rather God had commanded that. And once they're sure that this is a commandment of God, they will accept it and no longer doubt its validity. Let's see now how God will show who has been chosen. Pasachaf, v'haya, ha'ish asher evcharbo mateo yifrach, and it will come to pass, the person who I will choose, his death will blossom. And I will finally get rid of all these complaints of Bnei Yisrael that they consistently complain about me. This test will finally put an end to these complaints. So Moshe relayed this commandment to Bnei Yisrael. All of the princes of the tribes each one gave the staff with their name on it, just as God had instructed, the twelve staffs. And among the twelve staffs was also the staff of Aaron, again representing the tribe of Levi. Moshe laid these matot, these staffs, in front of God, in the tent of meeting, where the Aaron Ha'idut is. And it came to pass on the next day, Moshe came into the tent. And behold, the staff of the tribe of Levi that had Aaron's name on it, and it sprouted. And it began to blossom. Rashvam here explains that when Moshe first came in, it only began to sprout. However, the blossoming and the flowers and the almonds that it produced that only developed after he took the staff out and showed it to the people. And this was a conclusive proof to the people that the tribe of Levi, and specifically Aaron the Kohen, was chosen by God. Pasach of Dalad, Moshe took all these staffs out from in front of God, to show them to the children of Israel, and everyone saw what happened, and each of the respective princes of the tribes took back their staffs, and now it was clear to everyone that it was God's choice and not that of Moshe. God said to Moshe, Take the staff of Aaron and put it back into the Oho Moed, in front of the Aaron, for safekeeping, to use it as a sign for those who are going to rebel. And this will put an end to their complaints so they will not die. And Moshe did exactly as God commanded. He took the staff of Aaron and put it back into the Ohamoid. I'd like to conclude our study of the first half of Parshat Korach with an observation in regard to this last Pasuk brought up by Chizkuni in Parshat Korach where he explains that the Mated that God told Moshe Rabbeinu to take before speaking to the rock and giving the people water after they complain, was this Mateh of Aaron, which God told him to put into the Oh Moed as a sign, as an Oat Lipnei Mary. Recall that the people complain to Moshe because there's no water when they arrive in Midbartzin, and that's the next narrative in Chumash, after chapter 17. In chapter 18 and 19, we find two different sections about laws, but the next story about the children of Israel is not until chapter 20. In that story, 
Moshe and Aaron run to the Ohamoid, asking God what to do, falling on their faces. And God tells him, take the mateh, gather the people together, and speak to the rock or about the rock, and take out water. Their Chizkuni notes that the mateh that Moshe takes, and that is exactly what God instructed him to take, is hamateh melifnei Hashem, which is the mateh of Aaron, the staff of Aaron he takes, because that is an oat livnei Mary. And that's why Moshe says, shimunah hamorim. So again, that topic is very complicated, but I suggest you take a look at that Chizkuni who ties together this story in Parshat Korach and the next narrative in Chumash in the story of Mem Riva in Kadesh Midbartzin. If Chizkuni's interpretation is correct, then we have a very interesting insight in regard to the topic of leadership in Sefer Bamidbar. Coming out of Egypt, it's a one-man show. Moshe Rabbeinu leads the nation, performs all the miracles, takes them to Har Sinai, and Amisro are very passive through that entire experience. However, the purpose of the desert experience is not to make the nation totally dependent on a single leader, but rather to slowly learn the responsibilities of leadership and to teach the nation to do things on their own, to begin to delegate obligations. And through Sefer Bamidbar, as we prepare our journey to enter the land of Israel, there's a need to delegate leadership not only to the 12 tribes, but also to the 70 elders. This topic is surfaced over and over again in Sefer Bamidbar. In the desert, the existence was miraculous. In the land of Israel, the existence of Bnei Israel will be with nature. But the educational goal of the desert experience, as Moshe Rabbeinu explains in chapter 8 in Sefer Tvarim, is to treat the land of Israel, even though it looks like nature, to treat nature as though it's a miracle. In other words, the highest level to live on in the land of Israel is to live with nature, but treat it as though it's a miracle. To treat the produce of the land as though it was the manna of the desert. To accomplish things on your own, but attribute those accomplishments to the God who created you. To teach that lesson to Bnei Israel is a difficult job. Moshe will be challenged by preparing the people not only to want an Eretz Zavad Chalav not only to anticipate the land of Israel as a place where they receive everything, but rather to prepare them to become a Mamlechet Kohanim V'Goy Kadosh, to become a model nation representing the concept of godliness to all mankind. As we saw in Parshat Shlach, God reaches the conclusion after the incident of the spies that this generation is not ready to go in. Now there's an attempt to prepare the next generation. God's ultimate goal is to make sure that the people are ready not only to be receivers, but also to be doers, not only to anticipate an Eretz of Ad a promised land flowing of milk and honey, but rather to use that land to become a Mamlechet Kohanim V'Goy Kadosh, to become a nation representing God. That was not only Moshe Rabbeinu's challenge to the generation in the desert, but that remains Am Yisrael's eternal challenge in representing God for all future generations as well. Hopefully our study of Parshat Korach will help remind us of those goals and applying them in our generation as well.